And I was a bit of a tomboy. I, I remember mostly wanting to be outside, but I would play army with the neighborhood boys. And I think there might've been one other girl. And, um, and it made me mad that when we were out playing, you know, the boys could just, they could just step behind a bush and pee if they had to pee, you know, the girls, Mm. we had to stop and go inside. And that, that just didn't, that made me mad even at five, (laughs) (laughs) but I was not, I was not a very girly girl, I guess. I remember I had a a walking doll. She was supposed to walk and she wouldn't walk. So I threw her down and broke her leg. (laughs) It was rather (laughs) a bit of a temper, I think, that young. Um, So I just, I remember being outside a lot and uh, we, we lived in Hamilton, Ohio at the time. And Uh, And then we moved to the country very briefly. And then my dad took another job. I think we only lived out there six months or so. But the people next door had horses and they had a pond. And in the winter, it was frozen. And I remember my mom teaching me to ice skate out there. So, and and then getting my first bike. You know, those all kind of seem to be in the same kind of first memories, a lot of freedom i think and and just loving the outdoors nice very nice so tell me this where are you who are you and what are you working on so i am kathy rushing i've been um i spent about 30 years as a marriage and family therapist had my own practice for about 10 years in texas and Closed that a number of years ago and um, did some business consulting, primarily with my husband's company. And then um, I've been working on for a little while and finally in January, rebranded and relaunched a website um, just with my name, kathyrushing.com. I'm offering um, resources, online resources for entrepreneur marriage. I've kind of niched my work down. Um, A lot of what I write about and provide services for um, would apply to any marriage, but my husband's a serial entrepreneur. Um, We currently are living in the mountains of Colorado, about an hour and a half or so from Denver. Um, And it's very beautiful and quiet. And so (laughs) we were a little bit isolated before, but now we are, you know, very isolated as is everyone. Um, And my husband still travels about once a month back to Texas where his assisted living companies are. And so I'm, that's what I'm doing is I, I work online and I launched a podcast, not too long ago called Committed, The Entrepreneur Marriage, where I'm interviewing couples about their journey as entrepreneurs. Um, We have lots of stories about people that have started various things, but we don't often hear about the dynamic in the family, especially when um, there are challenges in starting that business, as there always are, or growing the business. And so... um, that's kind of what I'm focusing on is um, kind of digging for gold, if you will, takeaways that um, are hopefully encouraging and provide hope for people that are maybe in a tough place in their business. 
and um, and just kind of ways to help them thrive as a couple, even when um, when we hit those bumps in the road. So, yeah. Sounds good, Kathy. That sounds really yeah. good. Um, has the current situation with the virus disrupted your life in the last few weeks? I know you said you worked online, but has there been challenges? Right. Um, I think I'm trying to use this opportunity to ramp up what I'm offering. Um, yesterday, I, I, um, I've been trying to find lots of creative ways to give other people business because I know so many people are out of work. And I, um, we, we met, uh, two of our kids live in Fort Collins. It's about three hours from where we are. And we were at a restaurant and had this lovely waitress and we got to chatting. Turns out she does graphic design and I got her name. Well, yesterday I had her um, put together a, I had written up some materials on the ABCs of managing stress and I wanted her to make it pretty. <laughs> so mm. I created this um, downloadable PDF that, um, you know, is free that people can download and paste everywhere around their house because um, it, there's just a lot of stress right now. We all feel it. And we just need reminders of ways to take care of ourselves during this time. So I'm looking for those opportunities so and good. trying to find more ways to reach couples. Um, in our household, it has changed. Um, you know, the stress level has gone up a good bit. My husband uh, founded an assisted living company. And so we have several communities in Texas. Um, uh, some are just for Alzheimer's patients. Some are general assisted living with, say, a wing that provides memory care. And so because of this virus, um, you know, he has been on the phone almost nonstop just you know, working with his leadership and trying to provide leadership from here. He was there yeah. for a week and got back a, about a week ago. And um, so just, you know, really trying to be very proactive. I mean, they had closed down visits from families even before, um, you know, the state had suggested doing that. Because if it gets into our communities, I mean, there was the case in Washington where, you know, the virus went through a nursing home mm. and, you know, it's just, it's really hard to stop it once it gets started. So um, from that perspective, it, it has changed the dynamic of, and it's my husband and I are empty nesters. So it's just the two of us and two dogs and a cat. And mm. um, even the dogs are getting a little bit of cabin fever. You know, we try to get out every day and exercise, but um yeah, so there's uh, the the stress is is really palpable at times, mm. and uh, we're having to do a lot more proactive communication about um, you know what's your day like, when do you have calls? Because our house is not that big, and my husband's office is actually um, in a loft, and so when he's on the phone, it kind of carries all through the house, and um, so yeah, we're having to work on. Uh, some boundaries and just kind of taking note of our stress level at different times of the yeah, day. <laughs> and, 
Yeah. So, but gratefully, you know, our, I mean, our income is pretty stable for now. That's good. Worst case scenario. And we, you know, we had this discussion, worst case scenario, this virus takes out everybody in our communities and we lose our business. And we had to just say that out loud because it's a very, very remote possibility, but it is a possibility. Um, but then we could kind of work back and say, but it's not likely to happen. And and my husband is very optimistic. He's always like, and if it does, I'll start another business. So such a good attitude. Yeah. And is there any opportunities which you see that maybe you wouldn't have seen at another time or for you or your husband? Um, well, I, I think, um, like I said, what both of us focus on, like he's, he's been trying to develop some resources for early stage entrepreneurs, kind of a coaching situation. And because um, he looks back to when he started his company and looks at how much he didn't know and resources he wished he had. And um, so he'd been working on that already. And then with the online things that I'm offering. And so I think both of us are just trying to really ramp up those offerings yeah. and be a positive voice and be a, an encouragement where we can and not slip into a very fatalistic um, mindset because, um, you know, focusing on gratitude is the antidote for grumbling, right? Yeah, 100%. And so we... We really are trying to, to focus on gratitude. We talk about that at dinner quite often. Um, and um, so I, I don't know about uh, new opportunities or something that didn't exist before necessarily. It's more about amplifying what we're, we're already about. Yeah, makes sense. Mm -hmm. That's good. Changing gears a bit here, Kathy. Mm -hmm. What has been your greatest success in life? Oh, goodness. Um, I, when I reflect on that question, um, I, I'm, I've always been very performance oriented. And so there are things that I could list off. But what makes my heart the happiest is um, I, I've written this before, like on my blog, I said, my husband and I have launched a, a company and three kids. <laughs> and I think my greatest success, I, I can't claim it all for myself. I think my husband and I very much are partners, were partners as we parented our three children. But I think that's my, my greatest, what I'm most proud of anyway, is the three young adults that are out in the world, um, making their way as um, people of integrity. And they're all very different, doing very different work. They're all married and seem to be in good, strong relationships. And so that just, that just makes me, you know, my mama's heart swell because mm. I loved um, when we had the kids at home, you know, there were times when I thought, oh my gosh, are they ever going to grow up? <laughs> but indeed they do. And too soon in some ways, but um, yeah, they're, they're just, and, and they're people that we like, you know, I yes. heard someone say one time, just about the, the time that you really like your kids, they leave home. <laughs> and so we feel very fortunate that 
our our adult children are are you know if if we weren't related to them i would still want to know them they're just those kind of people you know oh, that we really enjoy spending time with them and so I think even as Mark was starting his company, and he didn't start his company till he was 40, 40 or 41. Uh, and we had, you know, our oldest was in high school at the time. And we just, we, family was very, very important. Uh, my parents divorced when I was in high school. And so we've just been very committed to um starting a new branch and really working at our marriage as much as we can. So That's so good. And what would be your greatest challenge, Kathy? Well, there have been many, as anybody that, you know, lives 61 years um, has had many challenges. Um, when, as I mentioned, my husband started a company when he was 40, it really started as, you know, one 16 bed home to take care of Alzheimer's patients. He really had no vision of, you know, multiplying this many times and situation had just culminated to where he said, I think I'm going to do this. And I'm like, yeah, how bad could it be? You know, <laughs> we did not know what we didn't know. He, he was, he did not have a business background. He started his career as a pastor and so his background was sociology, and he has a ministry of religious education, which was absolutely useless when it came to starting a company. But he started this business. He's a voracious reader and learner, and so he started it and just kind of learned along the way. And I, that was about the time that I started my own private practice, so we both were out there on our own. And about, I guess it was 11 years into it, it was 2011, I believe, um, he, he had a CPA that did all of the taxes for his company. And at that point, there were several locations which were owned by different, like the building was owned by, uh, you know, let's say John B. who owns the building, and then they would lease the building from John B. And so there were all these different entities. So yes. taxes were very complicated. And I don't understand accounting enough to even know the terms, but there are a lot of deferred losses and things that, um, you know, until we got our taxes back, we really had no idea what we were going to owe in taxes. We set aside money, um, but this particular year, <clears throat> we got the news, and I, I remember Mark um I don't think he told me to sit down, but it was something, you know, equally like mm. I, I need to tell you something and it's not good. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what could it be? You know, well, turned out we owed almost $80,000 in taxes. Wow. And mm. let, let me just say we had not prepared that much. And um, and I just I remember feeling just physically sick when he told me that. And my mind automatically goes into what can we sell? Can we sell one of the kids? No, that, that would be crossing the line. <laughs> Besides that, two of them were through college and one was in college. So I don't know who we could sell them to. Um, if anybody's listening, I really didn't think about selling my kids. <laughs> I have a very sarcastic sense of humor. So 
Um, but I, I was like going through our budget, like, what can we stop? You know, can we stop eating out? Okay. Can we cut back on? I mean, there wasn't anything that we could do that much that was going to accumulate that much money. And we really didn't have any savings. Like I said, we had kids in college. We, they were going through on loans because prior to this time, I mean, many years before that, um, you know, when he left his first career as a pastor, we went through a really rough time. And so we were still rebuilding from that. All that to say, we really didn't have any savings. So there was really nothing to fall back on. And um, so that was a very bad time. And at the same time, my mother was, um, we were beginning to recognize that she was developing symptoms of Alzheimer's. And she had a fire in her house. I think it was the same week that he gave me this news. No way. It was, yeah, and, and it was just, you know, there have been a few times in my life where it feels like you're just put in this vice and somebody's just <laughs> cranking down the vice to, you know, tighten mm. it. And you're like, uncle, I can't take any more, you know. But yes, I think it all happened within a week or two of each other. Then my mom had this fire in her house. We found... 13 feral cats that she had in different rooms for a couple of years. She wouldn't let anybody go to her house. She would always come to my sister's house to visit. So, Mm. um, so that was pretty stressful just trying to get her transition to another place. And we got her into an apartment and then this family down the street essentially moved her out And she moved in with this family because she believed that she was going to get back in her house. But she had no money, and we had been trying to get her to move to something smaller anyway. And so that was was a nightmare of 10 months. There's definitely a lot going on there, isn't there, Kathy? Oh, my gosh. It was – it really was a lot. So – so how did you overcome it, or what? What like that's a lot of things yeah. to deal with at once. It is. It is. Well, it was about ten months working with Adult Protective Services to um, to try to get my mom out of this family. That really, her whole Social Security check would go into her bank, and then they would take it out. Um, and because she hadn't been diagnosed yet it was hard to get anything done because they're like, well, she, you know, she's free to make her own decisions. And we're like, but she's not making good decisions. So that was one piece of it. And then with, with, um, with me and Mark, you know, once we got past our fuming and blaming and, you know, how could this happen? And why did we not know this was coming? We were able to, you know, eventually get to the place of getting on the same side of the line, which is a a technique that I've used a lot with couples, you know, where you, instead of fighting each other over the line, you draw a line and you get on the same side of the line and name the problem. Well, the problem is we have this huge tax bill that we don't know how we're going to pay. So we were able to get a payment plan set up with Um, the IRS, which you don't ever want to mess with the IRS in the (laughs) United States. Um, And so that was, it was probably five years, I think, of monthly payments uh, with interest, of course. Um, But we finally got that done. I think we popped some champagne maybe the day that we 
wrote that last check, but um, yeah, that just became part of our budget and and also led to some different accounting procedures because we're like, this can't ever happen again. <laughs> I don't yeah. want that surprise. So it was a challenge, but it, um, you know, we were committed to, okay, we're in this together and we're on the same team. So we've got to find a way to, to, um, to move forward with that. I'm sure it so felt amazing. Glad to say we did. <laughs> I'm sure it felt amazing whenever you made that last payment and knowing that. Yeah. So good. Yeah. There still were bills that came periodically, like just rampant. Anytime I saw, you know, a letter from the IRS, it's like my heart just started pounding yes, yes. And uncontrollably. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So, Kathy, if you had advice that you were to give your 18-year-old self... What would it be? Hmm. I would say, Kathy, you need to pay attention to what makes you feel alive more than you pay attention to what you think others want you to be. I, I was a pleaser. I was the oldest of three girls. I am the oldest of three girls. Um, and so I, I'm, uh, the, my young adult years were really focused on other people and how to make them happy. And um, I, you know, I went into psychology and then got my master's in psychology. And as many people do that are therapists, they're wounded healers. And I didn't realize it at the time how much of my own pain from, you know, my parents divorcing and my dad pretty much just checked out of the picture um, and so it's, it's been, gosh, probably, probably mostly in the last 10 years that I've really let myself, um, uh, develop more of an aesthetic side. I've gotten into photography and writing, and I really enjoy those things that, you know, those were not valued by especially my dad, probably at the time he was an engineer. And so if you didn't think like him, then it wasn't valid. And I just didn't trust myself enough to, um, to listen to my own heart and what made me come alive. You know, I, I still enjoy helping people, obviously, but it's from a very different perspective and um, um, just finding joy in the, in the beauty of nature and, you know, outdoors. I mean, where we live in Colorado is just such a beautiful place to be. And, um, but I, yeah, I think I too quickly gave in to what other people wanted. I remember uh, uh, in high school, we were given an assignment to read Walt Whitman and read, um, Oh gosh, I forget the name of the piece or the book that we read, but I, you know, I was aware that he he lived out in the wilderness on this by this pond or something. And I remember telling my mom, oh, that'd be kind of cool. And she was like, Oh, you wouldn't like that. And I just immediately thought, Oh, you're right, I wouldn't. And so I kind of just, you know, pushed those things down inside. Yes. And um uh, and yet the outdoors is just something that has always been a, a place where I come alive and where I love being outdoors. So um, I think that that's what I would say to the 18-year-old Kathy. 
That's interesting. So it sounds as you have got older, you've become more creative, you've found a lot more freedom in yourself and mm-hmm. you're exploring different hobbies and it's really good. Yeah, and, and you know, it's nice being at this stage of life where my, my kids are grown. I don't have to focus on making a certain income. And I can do things and put them out there in the world. And maybe I make money at it. Maybe I don't. Maybe like right now, you know, I'm just trying to put out materials that hopefully will help someone and just release it freely. Um, and and so it's it's a good place to be in life. I like where we are right now in terms of, you know, we're healthy. Our kids are grown. They're doing well, and so just so much to be thankful for. So good. If there is one thing, Kathy, you could recommend to everyone listening, it could be a book, podcast, could even be an item, what would that be? Mm. Um, I would hope most people have heard of Brene Brown. Um, so good. She did a... You're familiar with her. Um, I heard her TED Talk on vulnerability, the power of vulnerability, I think is the name of the TED Talk. I don't remember what year it came out. It's been several years now. I think it was maybe 2011. Is that right? Or as long ago as that? Yeah, it seems like it's been, you know, in the last 10 years, I would say. So that's probably about right. (laughs) And I remember... Am I right in saying, like, did did Brené Brown, before she did that TED Talk, did she even have any books or anything, or was she known before it? I know she blew up massively from it. I I think that is kind of what, you know, brought her to people's awareness, because I heard her talk, maybe it was in another podcast or something she wrote about seeing how it went viral once it was released, and she was like mortified that so many people had watched this. And so I, I think her books were all after that. I'm not entirely sure. I've read most of her books. Um, and I just feel like when I'm reading her book, I'm just always saying, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> and she's just, you know, again, she's a very powerful and positive force and, um, I saw recently, I follow her on Instagram, and she was doing church on Instagram one Sunday night. She was like, okay, we can't gather in our churches, but we can do it here. And it was just very informal and very raw, but she made herself vulnerable and said, I need this, and I need to meet with other people. So, um, yeah, I really love everything she's written. Um, Cool. Is there any particular book for someone who hasn't checked out Brandy Brown yet that you would recommend? Or, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. Braving the Wilderness was um, one of her more recent. I think she did one on leadership, and I haven't read that one. But um, I think Braving the Wilderness. There was one where she talks about her marriage and. I can't remember if it was in that book or not, but she talks about this This is the story I'm telling myself, and then her husband will tell his version. This is the story I'm telling myself. And what a powerful tool that was for them for de-escalating 
um, conflict because they're both very driven people. And um, I really liked that. Um, so, yeah, I think Braving the Wilderness was was really good, just about being brave enough to speak your truth and your heart, even if it isn't what the narrative is in your circle of friends or your church community or your community where you live, but of just speaking, you know, listening to your gut and what you know to be true. Hmm. What is your truth? Because I, you know, it's not for me to argue with your truth. And I just, I love that because I, again, you know, having lived so many years as someone that, um, lived her life to please other people or to perform or be what I thought other people wanted me to be. It just, that's been very freeing to, to be able to know that I can, I I can speak my truth. I can do it in love. I can do it gently. I don't have to do it with a hatchet, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I, I can do that. And because at the end of the day, I'm, I look at myself in the mirror and I want to know that I'm being true to myself and um, I'm not accountable to anyone else for my life. You know, it's, it, it's mine to live and I want to do that with integrity and with love and as Brene would say, wholeheartedly. I want my mm. whole heart in, in my work, in my family, in my friendships and so she's she's been very powerful for me. So good, Kathy. And if you were to send the whole world an email or a text message, what would it say? I think I would say remember. Remember people who have come before us. This is this is an unusual time. It's a time that none of us have ever done before. Um you know, we went through in the United States, we went through 9-11 and that changed us. It impacted the whole world, but we really felt it very, um, very deeply here in the United States. Um, but, you know, things got back on track. Some things are still not the same. We still have to go through security, you know, mm. going through an airport. Um And I'm just a big believer in stories. I love to read historical fiction. And part of it is because people have lived through hard things since the beginning of time. And so I would say, remember, remember who you are. Remember what you have and practice gratitude. Remember to be kind, to be patient, both with yourself and with others to be generous. There is enough for everyone if we don't hoard, if we don't panic. Um, remember to be courageous, to love with your whole heart, and to be hopeful because we will get through this together. It's going to impact some people more than others, but that is true of life. You know, I have been through some very hard things that no one else has been through, and that doesn't make me any different. Um, You know, we just, we all have a journey. And so I would just say to, to remember that um, today is not forever. 
It's a brilliant way to finish, Kathy. Thank you so much. Alan, it was great talking with you, and I hope I get to Ireland sometime yeah. in this next year. Um, and I and I hope if I do, we can we can meet up in person. That would be so delightful. That'd be superb.